Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to the Yoki Geek Podcast. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Nikki Robinson. And I'm Joshua Unruh. And our guest this week is no stranger to the Yoki Geek Podcast. Becca Bornstein of the Science Museum of Oklahoma is back. Becca, so glad to have you back. Thank you for having me. You've got the Oklahoma, or you, the Oklahoma Science Museum of Oklahoma has two special events coming up in November, one next week. Harry Potter, what's going on? So on November 11th, we are having a science overnight at our museum where you can come and spend the night with us, and we will be doing Harry Potter activities all evening long, and then you get to camp out in the museum and maybe see if any magical things happen all night. (laughs) Troll attacks. Yeah, dragons. And if I remember, you can sleep pretty much anywhere except for certain areas, obviously. Yeah, most of our first floor is available for you. I mean... Sleep of a sort. You can lay down. <laughs> yeah, if, if you've been I, before, I just want to know if I can sleep in, in the giant mouth thing. You can. There. Sweet. That's so yeah. much fun. That's very popular. I'm going to sleep on a tooth. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Just brush it first. Just. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Nikki's going to pretend. I'm going to pretend to be plaque. I am not plaque. <laughs> I'm corroding this tooth. Well, that went on a tangent real quick. We do that. Uh, Yeah, no, I say that sleep of a type because I got to go to the Star Wars one. That's right. You did get to go to the Star Wars one. And it was super fun. I mean, no no complaints. It was was a super great time. But yeah, sleep was for suckers. (laughs) No, it's all about that. It'd be really hard to sleep there. Well, that's okay, though. And we will be having Star Wars uh, as well in Mm -hmm. December. So on December 9th, we'll be doing another one of our Star Wars overnights. And so kind of same format. Both of these overnights happen a week before the release of the new movies. So a week before the release of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them for Mm -hmm. Harry Potter. And a week before the release of Rogue One for Star Wars. I keep forgetting that's a Harry Potter movie. It is. I, it is. I know, I, but I just, and, and I just keep forgetting. It looks like it's going to be pretty good. Like the trailers so far have been nice. I think it's weird to call it a Harry Potter movie. It's not a Harry Potter. What is it? It's Pottermore. A, it's a it's Pottermore, a Pottermore movie. movie. There we go. But it's because it's I mean, the Harry, Harry Potter world. It was long before Harry Potter was born. So but it seems like we're going to hear a lot about uh, Dumbledore and yeah. Grindelwald, and so, yeah, now, so we're going to get a lot more backstory probably. Yeah, yeah and I guess they go oh, with, super great. I'm out. Okay, I'm sorry. I just don't care about more backstory. That was really oh, negative. See, that's, what I, that's what all it's going to be. Wait, wait. I mean, when is... It, okay, it I don't want to go too like far off the path of the Science Museum, but seriously, what year is it supposedly set in? It's somewhere in the... the somewhere that's... It looks nine, like, like 1940. Yeah, 1920. 30, somewhere on there. Because, like, their dress okay. is old-timey. Yeah, right? yeah I, but yeah, they I wear... Well, no, even the muggles are dressed old-timey. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. and, and, and yeah. there's, like, old-timey, like... like Model T's and stuff like that, so it looks like oh. it. so it's it's like 1920s. So it's probably like during okay. the U.S.'s Depression right, era, or right after. I think it's I think it's more likely right after World War One. Yeah, I think it was as Grindelwald is is rising to power uh, and he's starting to become a threat abroad, and there look like there might be some connections with that in the U.S. as this movie is taking place. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So the whole thing's pretty much backstory. You just say you just say years before Harry Potter's born, and I'm like. How can you tell what year it's supposed to be in the Harry Potter books? How do you know when anything happens ever? Uh, yeah. Because the Harry Potter, because all the Harry Potter books take, mm-hmm. take place during the nineties. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly hard to believe. No, no, the, the, like in they have a saying that says that if you were born between the years of what, like nineteen eighty eight and nineteen blah, if you didn't get your 
if you didn't get your Hogwarts wet letter, it was because dumb, uh, Voldemort burned down the uh, the Muggleborn wizards. Oh well, of course that chronicles. makes sense. So that's why <laughs> that's no one got, got their. Okay. Like, that's why people like me didn't get their Hogwarts letter. It makes letter. me feel better, right? I don't think that. Well, because okay. I think it was Harry Potter. It doesn't it, really uh, Officially, according to the the books, was born something like 1980 to 1983, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so it's nineteen ninety three in the first book. Well, it's because yeah. it's, it's current. It's whenever it's when the first book came out, which was like ninety three, ninety four. I'm just gonna was, have to assume Britain's really different. Oh yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like really. But anyway, it, but it, was, it doesn't it, matter. It was just current to whenever whenever the book came out. So it was not past or or present. It was past or future. It was right just whenever the books came out. Same okay. time period when they were released. Just, yeah. Okay. So I'm just gonna. I'm gonna try and read them without. Because I am kind of still trying to read them without thinking that a cell phone would solve all these problems. Yes, and unfortunately, no, no, that no. did not happen. I, I, I think Battle of Hogwarts was like '97 or, yeah, or somewhere 96, in there. '96, '97 so it, it was, was set a about little bit Battle before. Of yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't think about the Nokia's. That's right. Yeah. There is a chronological order. The I nerds think, have figured this. Out. I think cell phones well, would have solved a lot of problems in the. Uh, yeah. Things. Lord of the Rings. Cell phones would have been awesome. Oh, dude! Right. You, the you difference drink. being, it's Frodo, not set where are you at? Here-ish. Anyway, you okay. do have to keep in mind though that magic disrupts technology like that. They mentioned that right. in that's the series. Super, that's, that's, right. Right. that's super duper so, convenient. Yeah, which is exactly why everything looks. Once so it got to be 1998, yeah. that's super convenient. That's right. I'm just okay. It's fine. It's I'm fine. Mean, it was just it, the whole thing worked better when it was set in 1975. In my head, it was fine. Or whatever. I don't know. It didn't matter. But know, it didn't feel like now. Considering where, where technology was in the 90s, as far as when you're talking about cell phones and stuff, it might as well have been the 70s because there was no... You had car phones at, at, pretty much. At best, Whoa, you had, you had cell phones. Listen, I ha- that's and, one. And okay, so, and so, I'll give you right. the first two books. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, Yes, you're right. Cell phones did... Ex- my, my wife had a cell phone back in the late pagers. 80s, early 90s. Fine. And, pagers yes. would be helpful. But even then... You have codes. Haven't you seen The Wire? Honestly. They had you a can code. They had a whole radio station. Super duper communicate. This has really gone far afield just because I find Harry Potter... Um, of yeah. marginal interest, but yes. I apologize. I had that was a legitimate question. Yeah. I traveled all the way to California just to go to Harry Potter World. Have you? How was the California one? Because I've been to Orlando. Yeah, um, I hear, I don't know what the word Orlando one's like. I hear it's smaller, but fantastic. Rainy. The lines weren't really that bad. Like they okay. went through everything really fast, and I. I Spent way too much money in Harry Potter. I, I did too. <laughs> I went <laughs> like right after it opened oh. uh, in Orlando, like within a month of it opening, and it was insane. And the snow uh, effects that uh-huh. were on all the buildings were a little disconcerting because it was 99 degrees. And yeah, it was, real, it was like 85 or something yeah. when I went, and like it, it. I mean, it's Hogsmeade, so it's like mm. all wintry and stuff. And I don't know. It was like visually my brain's telling me it should be cold but it's not i yeah. still really enjoyed it and the, and the music playing everywhere and, oh, the, and like the, the going to ollivanders like yeah. i'd never been to like the rides like yeah. those types of rides the, they were the 40 rides or whatever mm-hmm. oh my god they were just a totally different experience yeah i went to orlando in 2010 right after it mm-hmm. opened and yeah lines were crazy but i also went this past summer and Orlando has opened up two Harry Potter worlds and there's the train goes between the two and it's a ride in, in among in and of itself. You actually take the train from one to the next, uh, but you 
you actually see this like video. I mean, there's, there's, there's. I want there's, one of them to just be like super dreary 1993 Britain. Well, it is. <laughs> one, one of them is King's Cross, and and the other one is. Just everybody looking very miserable. Anyways, what can we see at the science museum? Come on, that would be funny. So since we were talking about technology, um, (laughs) technology, we were talking about this before uh, we started recording. It's uh, basically our... Magic, magic of the day yeah yeah and and Science things that magic. we do now with technology would totally seem like magic to people even just a couple of decades ago and so we'll get to explore that as some of our activities for the evening we'll get to uh, kind of dive into casting spells using the sort of wizardry of programming mm-hmm. and we'll have some stations where people can and see how some fairly simple programming allows them to cast some charms like Lumos or uh, even Expecto Patronum. Uh, We have some really neat setups for that that people will get to experiment with. And then we'll also go into some other areas. We'll kind of have miniature uh, lessons where people can do maybe a potions station or transfiguration, alchemy, uh, astronomy. And so we'll get into some of those different areas with an activity that uh, is hands-on and really fun and kind of shows you how even with our great understanding of science, things can still seem very magical, but also have a very interesting explanation that doesn't take away the sort of magic of the experience. Mm-hmm. It's well, a very one, special experience. I mean, that's, that's just really incredible. One of the things about science that always fascinated me, and even as an adult, is it's very awe-striking. Like, you very much get that amazement that you would get from magic from mm-hmm. science. Like, I have had more experiences where I'm just like, Wow. Yeah, even wow. if you know how it happens. Yeah, like so knowing how it happens yeah. and that it happens in this order and the scientific method is how it, whatever works, you're just like, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know how it works. And to know how it works makes it even more amazing. Yeah, right. and so we want to have those sort of wow moments, um, just like if you were a student at Hogwarts and you saw something incredible happening, you had no idea maybe how McGonagall could turn into a cat. And uh, then going through those years of study and, and seeing the really complicated process of um, learning to transfigure your own appearance, and, and that's a whole lot of work and, and effort that goes into making something like that happen, and that would be uh, equivalent to to a muggle going to college and spending four years maybe working on a degree and maybe it's not all super entertaining the whole time but at the end you have something have this fantastic result yeah yeah yeah, a great sense of accomplishment and it's worth it and maybe that journey uh, was triggered by a single experience where you were just totally wowed and so those are the type of experiences that we want to be able to provide at the museum just in an evening where you come in and get to have a really great time with a bunch of people who like the same thing that you do. I would totally trade my college degree in for the ability to transform into a cat. I, I would too. Yeah. Heads up. Would, yes. Yeah. Just sounds, think it sounds worth everywhere it. you could go. Listen, you're using yours, so maybe know, you true. shouldn't actually, trade yours I, in. Mine, mine's good, probably. But I, you know, if you could I'll actually change into something, you in. could. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I don't have Maybe one. I would just choose. Oh, a that, you can't. That's cheating. Okay. Aww. Maybe I would just choose, choose a different career then. If, yeah. you know, if I could change. What kind of cat. career can I do as a cat? A cat. That's right. Just chilling out. Anyway. Yeah. Cool stuff. I, I Listen, just because I am not that excited about Harry Potter, this overnight is going to be super fun. The one I got to go to that was Star mm-hmm. Wars. We'll talk more about Star Wars. Yeah. Sure. Um, it was really, it was a lot sure. of fun. And it is, if nothing else, you're, you're just. You're surrounded by uh, two things, 
that are really exciting. One is other people that are that are really into the thing that you're into. Mm-hmm. And also children that are really into the thing that you're into because they are just really, really excited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's amazing. And, and also the fact that you you get to learn things rather than being, you know, being already excited about something. If that can turn you towards science, of course, especially as we need more children into the STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, if they can go, okay, well, you're be excited about Harry Potter. This is this, you can find the similarities in that mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I think it's a great way to get kids into these things that instead of just showing them the fantastical, maybe show them the realistic and show them how yeah. the realistic can be just as fantastic. And one of the things we really enjoy about uh, when we do events that are Harry Potter and Star Wars themed is that it it also showcases that not just those STEM areas are important, but also arts and humanities. And and when you combine all those things together, then you can take um, your background knowledge of programming and then maybe some of your more uh, artistic skills and be able to create a setup that allows you to appear like you are a wizard Behold, on your own. And I am the great and powerful law. Yeah, and, and you have to be able to combine all those different sorts of skills and fuel that by a passion for something. And, and so that's what we really hope that people will be able to get out of this experience. And um, for the adults, we do totally welcome adults to come to these events too. We have- Yeah, I know, I got to do yeah. things. Ooh, I could be Tonks with my hair. You could, that would be yeah, perfect. Would be cool. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely encourage people to come to these events in costume. You don't have to, but I know I'll be dressed up and probably <laughs> most of our staff will be dressed up and we may have a costume contest with some prizes. Oh, so yeah, I'm I would, coming as Tonks. It never hurts. And and we will, even if you just have a group of adult friends and you grew up loving Harry Potter or Star Wars and you just want to come celebrate that with other people, you're welcome to do that. Uh, we would definitely encourage oh, that as well. do not need a child to enter? You, you don't. Um, we, I don't think we that's going to go over at my house, but I'm just saying. We know that know. children are kind of the, the target Sorry, audience. Sorry, stay home. <laughs> um, but we we also welcome adults. We wouldn't yeah. we wouldn't tell you that you couldn't come enjoy this uh, with us as well. When you were talking about adding in arts and humanities, and I my my wife is a third grade teacher, and and there's a push right now to add an A to STEM mm-hmm. and to make it STEAM instead of STEM because it's science, technology, engineering, arts, and math is because it's just as important. I don't know if that's going to work. Uh, but it would certainly, I like it. It, but it is, I think I do too. I like the idea of adding the arts into that because it is m- as important as the sciences in getting people interested in things. And I guess mm-hmm. this, this kind of And there's a lot it. of STEM in art. I mean, yeah. just to be yeah, an artist, you, you have, I mean, it, I know like I do a lot of uh, sewing and costuming and mm-hmm. stuff. You mm-hmm. have to know a lot of math to be yes. able to do that. And so even if you want to be a That's creative. And engineering and as engineering, well. I mean, yeah. Or architecture arts, or anything. Yeah. Those are all artistic uh, areas, but you have to have the STEM things to do them. Well, and I, I'm not sure if they're still on display because I know there's been there's been a lot of shift, but there used to be like fractal art mm-hmm. on display at the, at the Science Museum, all computer generated. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, there's oh, a very cool. direct, yeah. you know, that's crossing really cool. of those of those streams. So. We have some of that. And then we also have a gallery that has changed in exhibitions called Smart Space. And um, the last exhibition that was in there was uh, all these macro um, photographs of insects and all these tiny creatures. And so there were some of the actual creatures like pinned um, in small cases next to these giant 
uh, photos of the actual oh, no. insects so you could see all the details. And oh, um, no. <laughs> in order to get those images, they had to take hundreds or thousands of, of images at, uh, because the, the focal length was, was so short for those photographs and layer them all together to get the depth for huh. just the entire insect. Oh, wow. And and it's incredible what you can see in these photographs. And so there was definitely a, a huge uh, element of um, art as well mm-hmm. as uh, technical skills working with that equipment and, and then the um, Photoshop or whatever they were using to layer everything. And, and so this really incredible gallery space wouldn't have been possible without an integration of all of those fields. Yeah, without the creativity, you lose mm-hmm. the science. Talk about it some becomes, fantastic it beasts. Almost boring, yes. but it's yeah, it becomes almost boring. But it's 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 amazing it. when you when you think about art. Yeah, that's really good. We we will yeah, have I'm, some some creatures as well. We like to bring them out from time to time. Uh, <laughs> They're called children. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have some of those. Um, <laughs> Oh, and, two-legged beasts. <laughs> and then uh, since we are really wanting people to get excited for Fantastic Beasts, yeah. uh, we'll have some of our um, fantastic and maybe not quite so magical creatures. We've got some snakes and spiders Ooh. and uh, cockroaches and, and other creatures that will be about um, with staff. They won't just be like running through the museum or slithering or crawling or whatever. Well, because you no. want to find them later yes. and not in my sleeping bag. Yeah, we don't want what happens uh, in the movie, at least what we've seen from the previews, <laughs> to happen uh, in the museum. They- we don't want them to escape and, and need to be captured, so we will be working with them and people can come up and <laughs> maybe pet a snake or hold a cockroach and get to learn about a creature that they might have been a little bit afraid of and realize that it's actually not so scary and pretty fantastic in its own way. You know, when you talk about fantastic beasts and where to find them, when I just saw a thing on the the trench the in in the the Pacific Ocean, mm-hmm. that, that, Man, that, that all, the, yes. all these amazing creatures that are down there. I, I just got to know something to think about that, you know, there are amazing creatures all over this planet that some of us, we might not have ever seen before. And the further so, that you drift from human, like into insects, those big pictures of insects, oh, yeah. terrifying. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anything that lives, you know, its whole life in caves, hideous horrifying. and terrifying. <laughs> Anything ocean, that lives in ocean trenches, horrifying. hideous and terrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, very interesting. But, but whoa, that's. I, I have yeah. a saying. I love the beach. I do not like the yeah. ocean. Yeah, <laughs> that's my wife too. Well, it's just full of things that are ha- doing things. stuff to you. And, so. and we've what we've mapped more of the moon and Mars than we have of our own ocean. Yeah. There's so much that we just have no idea what's down in there. Yeah, and then every now and then they'll find a new creature that no one's ever seen before. And like, how? Any how, minute, it's how? kaiju and Pacific Rim happens, <laughs> yes, and I am in living in a dream. <laughs> We're actually going to have to build a big monster, big robot to battle, that. battle the monsters. And boom, back to science. See, I that's did right. that on purpose. Yeah, it's, and, well, that's, and that's why I was trying to say with, with Fantastic Beasts is the fact that there are already creatures in this on this planet that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's amazing. And I think that, you know, educating children that it's neat to talk about hippogriffs and dragons, mm-hmm. but the truth is, Though not hippogriffs and dragons, but just as strange and unusual creatures can be found. And I think even in our own rainforest, they're yes. still discovering yeah. creatures that we'd never seen. How do and we look not, here in a we minute? Know? We'll be able to make that weird stuff like hippogriffs and whatever. That's right. Yes. Uh, what are the, what are those chimeras? chimeras. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll be yeah. able to do that. It'll be fine. We'll just make easy. our own creatures. 
and this isn't baby hippogriff running around my house. <laughs> Not necessarily the the focus of, of this event, but one of the things that we always like to emphasize when we're working with our animals and other critters is that um, we need to take away this this layer of fear that people have around uh, things that they don't understand and um, help people to really gain an appreciation for all of these uh, animals and plants that are out there and um, when they're aware of what there is to learn about and all the benefits that those creatures and plants have for the planet then they're going to be more willing to stand up for protecting them and and, um, protecting the environment and and helping these things to not be destroyed before we've even had a chance to learn what they do to benefit Mm -hmm. us and to benefit uh, the rest of of the earth and so uh, that's always something that we keep in mind when we're teaching people about these creatures is that um, we, we really have to be aware and, and be seeking out all of this diversity. And um, if, if we don't, then it's all going to be destroyed yeah, we before we it. even know it was there in the first place. And you never realize how integral a, an animal is mm-hmm. to uh, an ecosystem until it's gone. And now all of a sudden you've destroyed, destroyed the ecosystem because of one creature being gone. And I think teaching kids that is very, very important. Bees. Yes. Bees. Yeah. Yeah. Big ones. <laughs> now, last time that you visited us, you had to be kind of secretive about the stuff that you would be doing at the overnight. Is this the case again? Do we have to kind of keep it a specifics under wraps? Uh, I, I don't want to give everything away because sure. I do want there to still be some, some magic and some surprise when people come to either the Harry Potter or the Star Wars event or both of them because we'd love to have you come to both. Um, I can just let you know that for uh, Harry Potter You'll have a chance to basically attend all of these different lessons. And we we do have our own versions of wizard dueling and Quidditch Ooh. that we do, which I'm are in. a blast. Oh. Yes. It, so, Quidditch? How, do you, how are you going to play Quidditch? Um, with so flying brooms, Michael. We, we actually do ours uh, without broomsticks. There are these uh, competitive Quidditch leagues that mm-hmm. uh, take place on, on college campuses on college, for the most part. I, 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 I might know a little oh, bit about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we don't do the brooms just because we're trying to, we, we don't uh, have the same size like Quidditch pitch that those teams do. And so we're a bit more limited in our spacing, but um, we have kind of some similar rules and we have the same number of players as would be on a Quidditch team. And the great thing about doing this in the public setting is you kind of just teach the first few people who show up how to play the game and then other people come in and out and they just pick up the game organically or other people that are playing will kind of teach them as they go along. And so you'll start one game at the start of the evening and it will keep going for hours. And, amazingly and tribal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People just learn from each other and from watching and somebody will get tired and other people will immediately jump in and replace them. And it, it's a lot of fun to kind of just watch it evolve throughout the night. I'm a vicious Quidditch player. Like we me and my kids have actually played before and i do not let them win i'm just like yeah quaffle doesn't get into and it's great to get the kids active Uh, (laughs) again another problem that we're dealing with is uh childhood obesity and and kids not being active enough and you know, one of, the, one of the things we need to get them to do, even if they're if they're playing out Quidditch, here, if they're playing, ride this whatever, broom around, man. Yeah. Yell zoom. Yeah, just it, it, as long as it, as long as you are out and being active, I think is very important. Plus, the more active the children are, the more possibility they will sleep that evening. Yes, yeah, we do try yeah, I delight and get in your that optimism. energy out. <laughs> uh, it, it's amazing. It, it doesn't usually work doesn't very seem well. To we, work. we we try our best, and we now have our curiosity exhibit open. Uh, it's 
opened for a little over a year now and um, we tend to send everyone in there at the very end of the evening because it's kind of the loudest space and we have that two-story climbing tower and we we send them in there in the last hour on purpose because Mm -hmm. we want them to get as much of that energy out before bedtime as possible and I think it helps but uh, you know (laughs) now kids are made of energy. Usually about 12.15 is when we start turning off lights. So 12.30, it might be dark, as dark as it gets. Darkish. 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 But, 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 you might be able to stay up later in the theater. Yeah, we, we, we might show some movies if, if that's your thing. Well, see, I work overnight, so there's no way I'm sleeping. So. Good news. What about the planetarium? Do you do, you do yes. shows in the planetarium? That's my favorite place to go, Yeah, it's, We love the planetarium, and so it's perfect for Harry Potter because it's a built-in astronomy lesson right there. And oh, my gosh. Learning oh my about gosh, the night sky. Class. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we always have that as an option when you come in the evenings. And uh, we'll have plenty of our um, sort of uh, live magic demonstrations going on as well throughout the evening. Give give Nikki the flyer. She's freaking out. Oh, here we go. There's she needs to write. Yeah. She just needs to write this down. One of the complimentary breakfast. I think that was. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. We do like to feed you in the morning before you go home because we we kick everyone out by seven thirty in the morning so that you can go and actually sleep in your beds at home. But also, I, we feed you So first. they can clean the place up after the wreck you've turned <laughs> yes. it into. Oh my God. It was we, all right. We, we it was hope fine. that people will pick up after fun. themselves. But it yeah. was really fun. I'm not, I mean, yeah. But yeah, but yeah it was really, 7.30 was like, yeah, many, let's, is there coffee? Where's the complimentary coffee? Yeah, we do no, provide coffee. No, no, no. Coffee. The coffee it's great. started early, like the night before. Yes. So I just followed home. around my kids sipping coffee the whole night. <laughs> we know how important that is for the adults. Absolutely. So it's there. How many people do you expect in the, to come to this? Um, last time I checked, we had about 90 people already signed up. Mm-hmm. And um, we expect that to grow. It usually does quite there. Um, yeah. yeah, quite quickly in the last couple of <laughs> weeks. So we definitely encourage people to go ahead and get signed up. Uh, we do cut off registration the day before the event. So by that Thursday, you need that to either give us a call or you can register online for these now, which is great for some people if you, if you can't catch us during normal business hours. And so you can do that. And um, I mean, we can support hundreds of people for this event if if you went to the uh, Harry Potter Festival birthday bash that was uh, over on Western a few weeks ago. It will not be that crowded. It, I, I, I was there and did <laughs> well, have a lot a of fun. Event, yes. So, yeah. yeah. So I had a lot of fun there, but um, one of the things that was difficult was, was the crowds. And so we won't, we have a huge building and uh, as a ticketed event will be a bit more limited. And, and so you'll get to have some of that same fun, magical experience. It, it was definitely people. energetic, but it mm-hmm. was not, crowded i mean some of the some of the special exhibit or activity type things you know you might have to wait a minute or two but it was yeah no we 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 kept moving the whole i think we had time to do some of them a couple of three times times. yeah yeah Yeah, we'll have somewhere between uh six and ten different activity stations where you can do all of the different uh, activities and experiments with us and um, there's usually plenty of time in in like a two-hour block to go and do all of that and then also to go and do your astronomy lessons and and just see the building and and enjoy all of the exhibits that are there and um, we might have a scavenger hunt or something else going on in the whole building as well. Cool. I'm checking to see if I have my kids that weekend. (laughs) Because does that wait 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 does that make it more or less likely that you would go? 
Well, I mean, I, <laughs> me and my kids are huge Harry no, Potter but, fans. No, but now that, I, now that I know you can go <laughs> sans your... children, this is broad new vistas of adventure. I would feel guilt. I would have guilt. Oh, huh. I'm one of those people that feel guilt. You wouldn't know about this, Josh. No. But I feel guilt no, I if I do something enjoyable that. and I know my children would absolutely adore to be there. Yeah, uh, you have to think about most of my hobbies. If I felt guilt over that, I would <laughs> always feel guilt <laughs> constantly. Now, it's it's $45 per child mm -hmm. and it's $25 for an adult. Oh, okay. All right. And twenty five dollars yes. for an adult. If and if someone is a museum member, uh, if if mm -hmm. a child is on a membership, it drops it to thirty five. Um, we also uh, will drop it to thirty five if you bring ten or more children. Um, so sometimes we have there whole go, groups Nikki. of friends that want sure, to come, or <laughs> school classes, or uh, scout troops, things like that, that want to bring a whole bunch of people. And if you register them all at once, uh, then you can get a discount for that too. So there's, there's a number of ways to do that. We, we have the different pricing because usually the children are the ones doing the activities and using up supplies. Uh, we, we know that for some of these special events that we're going to get some adults and that's fine. We're going <laughs> to let you do stuff too. No, they did. The, I, I played with robots Yeah, mm -hmm. and I, um, and I broke cotton that had been frozen in Carbonite. Mm -hmm. Did it explode everywhere? No, but it made a very satisfying. <laughs> I mean, it went to pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, but and it was for a piece of cotton. It was a very satisfying noise from my wooden mallet. Yes, like uh, it kind of uh, it kind of caught Elijah and I by surprise, and I was like, "What did I do? Oh, that's normal. Okay, <laughs> sorry." You shattered a cotton ball. <laughs> I squished it. No, <laughs> I must have hit it really hard. I don't. I wasn't. Trying to hit it that hard. That's kind of cool. It sounds like you did it right. Yeah. We, Elijah, we like Elijah broke it things. into a million pieces, but I just went wham and it just like real loud in the in the thing. And then I was like, oh, is this supposed to go to pieces? And I picked it up and it was just flat. So basically if and someone's smoking. <laughs> this is so cold. So if someone wants to do it, they go to sciencemuseumok.org. Yes. And, and if they want to take $10 off, they just become members. Yeah, and, and, and we have that whole process and, yeah. uh, on our website now where you can become a member online uh, and go ahead and do that. And then you'll get the discount for a number of our events, including our overnights and camps and, and other programs that we offer. And so that's definitely a great deal if you're planning on coming to the museum basically more than once in a I year. Think, it's yeah, worth it. it. Yeah. Like if you go just twice, you've twice already you're, made your money. Yeah, for a family. And the thing, one thing that we used to do, because um, Elijah had loved the planetarium since sure. he was two like i mean just just could not get enough of it and we would seriously because i knew when the times were we would be coming home from something and we would just go into the planetarium show mm -hmm. and go right back out like that's he wanted to do more stuff but it was like mm -hmm. but we've got time for the star show you yeah. know and so we would just duck in see the see the planetarium show yeah. i've never right seen back it. on the road i've yeah. never seen and it. that's the beauty of having a, a membership to the go. science museum you gotta do this you can, you can harry potter is your do something and go yeah, and harry leave. Potter is... yeah we do have a lot of uh families that will do that they'll just come in in the last uh, couple hours of the day after the kids mm -hmm. get out of school and and we'll come in and see something in particular that maybe they didn't get to see mm -hmm. last time or if we have a new exhibit that's a great way to just be able to pop in and see it we've got our uh, animatronic dinosaurs in our red yeah. dinos yeah. exhibit right now and they are fantastic yes. um very very dragon-like so uh they're definitely something worth checking out and um you know something to, to be aware of if you're spending the night in the museum that we do have some dinosaurs that may or may not go to sleep that's right. They do. They, they do. do. They do, they do, they do. They do go to sleep. She's but still closing you. 
right now. Like you're, <laughs> she, she's still closing <laughs> the deal on you, Nikki. Just in case you wanted to know, dinosaurs mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. night. And the dinosaurs are very cool. Uh-huh. That's yes. an amazing, amazing <laughs> experience. Uh, so, so tell okay, So let's go to Star Wars, uh, yeah. December 9th. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, right before Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are going to be excited about it. So talk to us about what you guys got going on for Star Wars. So with that one, we're delving into some of the uh, science of the Star Wars universe. And um, so it's not quite so magical, but you do have that element of of how you're able to control things through the force and uh, definitely a lot of robotics and and interesting technology that you also see in Star Wars. And uh, so we like to just kind of get into that and um, show you how some of those concepts would work in our universe and um, so we do, like you mentioned, I uh, get to go into some of the programming and, and mm-hmm. the robots and um, show how uh, we can program some very simple robots and let people try their hand at that. Um, we do get to talk about different forces that uh, exist in our universe. So mm-hmm. we levitate things. We harness the force of static electricity quite a lot. That's one of our favorites because it looks like force lightning. And um, we do all sorts of activities that... High plates just yeah, flying everywhere. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity for kids to get to test out their force powers. And, and they always have a good time with that <laughs> and making them fly around. So uh, that will be a lot of fun as well. And again, we definitely encourage people to get in costume. We should have a lot of uh, great folks from uh, some of the uh, organizations around the state, like 501st, that oh, come love, out. Love and them. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're wonderful, all these groups that, that come out and, and work with us and in other places around the state. And so we're always excited to have groups like that come out and really enhance the experience for our guests. And again, another place where science and art really combine is in the Star Wars universe because mm-hmm. it's it's science fiction, but it's also science fantasy. In the fact that you've got it's, robots, you've got you've got robots. You've I'm got, not going to do this. <laughs> it's only science fantasy. It's science fiction. No, there's still robots. No, and there's they run on ships. magic. <laughs> they never plug into anything. They run on magic. They do. He plugged him in in, in on Dagobah. He they, had to actually plug him in to recharge to recharge R two D two. Otherwise, the, into a magic box. <laughs> well. I would say because so. this very sophisticated robot recharged off this. It's science fantasy. It's fine. It's fine. It's wizards in space. Science fantasy. I understand that. But Can they I'm not run off of like solar power or yeah, something like I would, that? You know, we, 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 On we, Tatooine, we, we, I will buy this. But we plug yes. our phones into our little boxes now. They're they're little rechargeable boxes that that the wall. No, I mean in, in a charger. A charger. Like if you've got an actual a remote charger, remote charger, yeah, charger it looks charger. like if you did not know what okay. that was. It would look like you just charged up Still, your phone by a magic box. I'm going to go ahead and rest on the fact that they are wizards yes. in space. Yes. And that is where you talk about the <laughs> But force. again, I, I think more druid. No. Because it's more of an organic force that they do rather mm-hmm. than a magical force. I, I have many and varied thoughts on that that are not ripe for this particular episode <laughs> of, this pro- of this podcast. But still, whether it's... Harry Potter or Star Wars magic, it could just be technology that we don't understand yet mm-hmm. because we haven't progressed that far. Yeah, Josh. I actually do. I mean, I like I like how they've they've kind of done no. that in the the, the, <laughs> the Marvel universe where they've they've taken what like Thor, and, and they've tried no, to that's say, the worst. Is, I, I, well, I just enjoy the fact making that him an alien is the worst. But, okay, fine, whatever. Anyway. It, it, oh. 
because it don't do, get him started. I quit. What we do just nowadays push. would look like magic to anyone just a hundred years ago, and anything we're going to be doing as humans in a hundred years will appear as magic to us from now. But the only reason it won't seem it's not like magic is we'll live through it. We'll live through the changes that make us. But pointing a wand at a television and turning it on is magic, but it's not. It's that's a remote control. It's technology. So there. mic drop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't drop these mics; they cost a lot. Yeah, that's why I dropped the pen. It's much much cheaper. Oops, that's true. But yeah, I just I just think that that I, I like it's that fine. idea. But making it, I don't I don't necessarily. It, I, he doesn't have to be an alien. I'm not necessarily the Thor and, and the Asgardians have to be aliens. But the fact that they get their technology, they get their magic through technology. Is they really don't have the pa- correct papers, ergo. They are. <laughs> Thor's an illegal alien. Hey, are these expensive mics good enough to pick up my eye roll? <laughs> Let us know, <laughs> listeners. Did you hear that eye roll? Did you hear my eye roll? But the I, right papers. Again, I, I think, again, it comes, it comes back to the, the art. And I think the art of, of Star Wars is just as important when it comes to the the... Any kind of technology that you're talking about, whether it's ships or robots or whatever. I can't see robots. 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 It's like Dr. Zoidberg um, the, over the here. Droids. <laughs> Robot. Um, I, it's just, yeah, artists is so important in this. The arts and humanities mm-hmm. and understanding that. And I love the idea of talking about force, too. D- mm-hmm. you know, Ugly laws. robots are unacceptable. So definitely get art involved. I need them to be like <laughs> sleek and cool robot. looking. Yeah, no, they need to look cool. If they're just clunky robots. Like the... That Gronk robot thing, I'm like, there's Gronk, no wonder that's Gronk. just like in the junkyard because it sucks. There's no aesthetic to that robot. No. Well, and one of the things that I, I think is neat, I've been reading some books about uh, the science of Harry Potter and, and other uh, topics like that. And one of the, the points that's come up multiple times is uh, whether you were in the wizarding world or uh, in the muggle world, um, when you're trying to impress someone and introduce them to a new topic, what's very important is the manner of presentation. And so um, if you were talking maybe uh, whether it was wizards or um, just muggles who had discovered some very basic uh, chemistry or medical science and were um, conducting it at a time when there wasn't a lot of background knowledge or common knowledge about that subject, what they were doing would seem incredibly magical and uh, a lot of people would play into that and talk up their uh, their powers and and go into all these detailed ceremonies, maybe burning different things mm-hmm, for lots mm-hmm. of smoke or having a, a very uh, specific ritual that they would go about when they were um, performing this magical cure and maybe the uh, actual medical event that helped to don't save look, someone was very simple, but they would bar- embellish it. It's yeah. definitely these candles in my chanting, you guys. Yes, <laughs> and, and, but it's the same thing now when you're trying to introduce someone to a new scientific field if you just explain exactly what's happening that may not be incredibly exciting for a lot of people and so you have to have good presentation skills and be able to show people why this area of science or math or technology is important to them and interesting and so that's why places like museums are so important and uh, not researchers aren't always the best at being able to communicate <laughs> right, why right. their field is important and um, they're immersed in it all the time they love it themselves and uh, sometimes it takes 
other people who maybe do have more of an artistic or um, background in, in humanities and communication to help make the the connection there between the researcher and the general public the bridge yeah, mm-hmm. lightsabers that actually makes lightsabers make the most sense ever hey are jedi cool i don't know laser sword did you hear they're cool did you hear about brian cox and neil degrasse tyson arguing over if lightsabers could or could not be real <laughs> over twitter no uh, uh, no I want to see that. No. Of course, I get. I, 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 it's, it, I, I hear people say, "Well, no, that couldn't possibly be," but you know, the, but we're Brian really limiting Cox ourselves. says that photons moving at a high rate can bounce off of each other if they're moving at a high enough rate. So if if a lightsaber is made out of photons, which is what light is made, uh, it could. I read way too much on the expanded universe about lightsabers when we started watching Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you can fight with lightsabers. How do you cap off the end of the blade? Yeah. That's the question. Actually, <laughs> you, actually, you loop it. That was that was what I was understanding was that that, that the light is actually looped so that it so it, it goes back not, into it itself. Back it's into plasma. It's it's yes it's it's, it's but anyway it's, it but is, it's a plasma sword. It, is this it is. is definitely one of those science times when you want to go, even if we could. Should we? That's true. And having yes. been a yes. person who has trained with swords, weightless swords are the worst idea in the world. <laughs> you will kill yourself in two seconds. Sure. Just heads up. If you, if Hands you know, of course, yeah. will come off. Yeah, there, there, <laughs> heads. I, there would be, there would be so much. I, I, yeah. I, I would very go dangerous. into like uh, doing That's like. That's a very pros- valid I would, I would, I would I go into like prosthetics research. Think about it. If you don't have any lightsabers yeah. weight about. to it. And you have no ratio of space no idea awareness where it is. for it. Yeah, it's yeah. I'd like that one like is for just excused by the force. Like. Maybe the force gives it weight. <laughs> That's what I always thought until yeah. they started giving jokers who didn't use the force lightsabers and they didn't oh, immediately yeah. kill themselves with it. Well, well are they force sensitive? Is that why they, they were able to use it at I'm all? I'm not going to so say maybe. force sensitive is enough. You're killing okay. yourself. It cuts <laughs> through dead. anything basically instantly and you have no idea where it is. <laughs> I, I did have a lot of problems. As much as I loved um, the last movie, um, I did have some issues with that uh, final battle between Ray and Kylo. And oh, it's Finn fine. And, and she, with the way that the, yeah. Ray has, <laughs> Ray has better than force powers. She has protagonist powers. That's right. All right. Yes, uh, I, I. Although that didn't work out for Finn so well. I think yeah. that I think the idea of a lightsaber. <laughs> talk is very about it, like, I don't think I don't think we can. We certainly can't say that nothing is impossible because uh, you just don't the, know we, we you know we look at we look at Star it. Trek trans, transporters mm-hmm. now those look magical and there's no way transporters could ever happen. But we've already started to we're already starting to figure I'm out how to transport light. Yeah. Quantum teleportation yeah, is a thing. It's actually it's happening. happening. So it, it's, and now I don't know. I'm not if, getting into it. I don't, well, yeah. Now, <laughs> now I'm not talking about for a physical person. I don't know if I would get into a transport. I got real questions. But it, but it would be nice <laughs> to be able to transport goods and, and, and so that you wouldn't, you could mm-hmm. maybe clear up all the trucks on our highways. You could, you know, instead of cargo, having, yeah, just yeah, move yeah. it from one place to the next. Of course, I would love to have a replicator in my house. Yeah. Just, oh my you're god, you're just about yeah. eliminating jobs. How much food would I yes, eat? I know, oh, and yeah, would be, and that would be the first thing. <laughs> so that was when, it, when when I was growing up watching Star Trek: The Next Generation. All I ever wanted was a replicator. Sure. That, and yeah, because well, like I think it was hollow, hollow, the, the holodeck. I want. Yeah, holodeck. I probably want. We're well, getting the, the holodeck now, that basically. Thing goes, yeah. Out of yeah. control. I mean, we basically have a hollow deck. Uh, mm-hmm. Cactus Jacks up at uh, on 
MacArthur. On, off council. On council. Uh, they're setting up a VR room. That's awesome. Where you put the VR headset in and they're going to have, and you can walk around and. Bump into each other. The, yeah. Well. It, the walls will be padded, <laughs> and like they're they're doing all that. That's happening now. Like yeah. we have our holiday for the most part. Probably won't go nuts and try and murder you thrice weekly. That's right. Try to get out of the holodeck and try to. Be <laughs> Although sentient. I, it, which begs me the question because they just this was an episode of Star Trek where you, there were holodeck addicts. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Why would yes. you ever come out? <laughs> it is a it is a society with no jobs. No money, like everything's fine. Why would I ever come out of the holodeck? Well, like, there's no saying, actual is reason. Is that going to happen? Yes. Here, like, yes. It, it already did. You already have people who Somebody are addicted to video games. Is addicted to VR right now? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I have a joke for that. Probably. Of course. Anyway, and, and especially in Star Trek, where it's like, I don't, oh, I don't even have to take the time to uh, eat or clean myself. I'll just, uh, replicate some food or beam food directly into me <laughs> and the beam, beam the stench <laughs> off me. Could they, could they beam food directly into your Sure, why not? Sure. You just program it into the buffer. So when it rematerializes me, I'm full. <laughs> <laughs> why is that crazy? It's so stupid. And of course, if, if you don't even necessarily need food if you've got vitamins and mm. what were those little cubes that the original series you'd was have, eating? That's right, yeah. pellets. You'd have yeah. the pellets. That's right. So, yeah. That's why no one's like, oh, Romulan ale. Nobody wants that. We have hollow decks. (laughs) (laughs) They always talk about how the quality isn't quite the same. That They do mention that as much as the holodeck food is great because you can get pretty much whatever you want when they go and visit a particular planet and get something that's actually manufactured like for real. They talk about how it's better. That seems shady. Well, and also, I, yeah, I mean, you're going to eat something. Like, you, you can do it or you can't. Just get the chef to come in and program it. Well, but here's here's the thing is, is you, you, you're you just works. eating light. And so if you eat a hamburger, there what would be the worst feeling in the world is eating a hamburger when you're hungry and still being hungry right. as you're I'm talking about beaming it into me, not the holodeck. Right. The holodeck's right. different. Right. Fair right. enough. Although, why don't they just replicate the food right there in front of me in the holodeck? It's one big room anyway. Which they can do. Which I'm sure see, they could, yeah. I don't even. I I would not leave the I, straight I up. Would, I wouldn't leave the, leave the holiday. I see no. I see no reason. I see, see no reason to leave the holiday. The, the, the like future Barclay. is going to be everyone's going to have their own holidays, and society will fall. So can I just like Sorry. quote Dumbledore here and <laughs> remind you that sure, it does what? not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Ooh, burn. That's no, right. that's no. Mm-mm. That's right. No, I th- I think in that, in a in a essentially deathless, moneyless, jobless society. Nope, I'm into it. This is where you have to bring the philosophers <laughs> into this. Yes, you do. They're yeah, busy I think, in I the holiday. I think that's where yes. you, when when you look at the the that star the Star Trek universe is that. The universe is so amazing that being stuck in a holodeck, yes, being stuck in a holodeck right now would be great. It'd be wonderful. But It'd in this world where like you real. can go to, to, to different places and different experiences. If you are part of their weird science military industrial complex, then you get yeah, you to go can, to other you planets. You can still go anywhere you want. You could go be a trader. You could go be. Trade what? It's a moneyless society. You're still trading. There's still, there's, what? you still got mud. <laughs> Mud yeah. was Mud was a, a right. traitor. He don't, you know, don't he, think too. Don't think. Oh don't no! Think too you hard you about had the, the guys with the big ears. The yeah, the Ferengi. The Ferengi. They they all they did was trade. Right outside oh, of the Federation, there were still things like money. 
And they yes, had the, that's true. And then they had yeah. the weird chess game that they played all the time. And that's better than a holodeck? You're a crazy person. You <laughs> haven't played that chess game. Also, you don't even we know. can't get the philosophers to come out and tell us about the holodecks. They're all in there arguing with Socrates. <laughs> <laughs> and Freud. Okay, so back, <laughs> back to... Oh, gosh. Freud. Yep. Nikki swoops in and proves all of my points. <laughs> So, okay, so tell us about the dates again on the uh, November the 11th. They're, they're both on Friday nights. So Friday, November 11th is Harry Potter, and Friday, December 9th is Star Wars. And, uh, again, both of those are $45 per kid unless you are a member, and then it's 35 and 25 for the adults. And uh, we're taking registrations over the phone at the museum. Uh, the main line there is 405-602-6664. And uh, they'll be happy to help you get signed up and answer specific questions there. Or if you just have it all figured out and you know exactly what you want to do, you can go online and register that way as well. So uh, they're just going to be two really great nights. Uh, I have a blast running those events. And I know our staff just has a ton of fun working them and getting to do all of those uh, things with the kids and, and, and the adults and just <laughs> get into uh, the magic and the mystery of it and uh, also teach everyone how all of these things have a basis in science and uh, encourage people to go and explore this a bit further on their own after they leave the museum. You had Star Wars last year. Is there going to be anything different than what uh, Josh experienced Probably last year? Probably a lot. We'll have a lot of a lot of similar things that uh, mm-hmm. we enjoy year after year since it, it has been a year. Um, but uh, we'll be definitely trying, always trying to make connections to um, things that are going on currently. So we're, as we always uh come up with new technologies every year. Uh, we like to integrate new knowledge into what we're talking about. So one of our favorites, favorite topics with um, levitation and hovercrafts mm-hmm. is, is talking about uh, using uh, superconductors and uh, magnetic levitation with like the maglev trains that are, are spreading across Europe and Maybe one day we'll have a really awesome one here in the U.S. as well. Well, drone uh, technology. I mean, drone technology. They've already yeah. got holo- ho- hovering vehicles that, yeah. that just using the, basically the drone technology. Yeah, just since last year, that's yeah, that's really yeah. exploded. That's true. It's just amazing when you think mm-hmm. about just the technology that's changed over the past year. Mm-hmm. When the boy and I talked about maglev recently, like I don't mm-hmm. remember what brought it up, but I mean, we went down the YouTube and Wikipedia rabbit hole. He specifically mentioned like the hovercrafts mm-hmm. and from our our visit, our overnight last year, Star mm-hmm. Wars and stuff like it all came up. And I was like, well, they couldn't do that there because look at the energy expenditure, yeah. kid. I yeah. mean, like it was. Yeah. And so yeah. we have we have our activities that are um, something that you can do on, on a smaller scale, but we always like to try and help you to, to take it further when you go home. And but so, I mean, you were in his head, so. That's good, that's, that's, that's what amazing. we wanna do, is, is start that journey and get people really thinking, and then you can uh, dive into it more if you want and, and do all this research and find out about all these really awesome things that are going on right now, and that if you go into one of these fields, you can be a part of making a difference and discovering all these uh, new applications of uh, science and technology and, and how that will 
benefit us in the future. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You talk to a lot of adult scientists, Mm -hmm. and they'll say a lot of their ideas came from science fiction or science fantasy. Just... It was because they, they, they see something on the screen they mm-hmm. or they read something in a book and they go, I want to make that. I mm-hmm. want to create that. How do I do that? How do and I get just, that to actually yeah, work? How do I, how do I make <laughs> yes. that possible? So hopefully if you put the seed in their brains that you can do this or you can do something like it, that'll lead them on to a, hopefully a career in, again, of lightsaber we, manufacturer. Well, even if it's not, no, I'm into it. That I, what I, well, I would love to see, a, I would love to see a stun gun <laughs> just with that's, that's better with than just, you know, a taser. Mm-hmm. I'd actually like to see a stun gun, you know, taser is pretty good. Yeah, but you have to be within. You, first of all, you use electricity. And you have to be within a certain. You have to be. You have to be able. To That's touch right. Them. Electricity sucks. Well, I just you I'm have just to be able to with touch you, them. But if you could use a, if you could stun them from a fairly decent distance, or if you could, if you're in a car, if you could use an electric magnetic pulse to stop a, a vehicle oh, yeah. in mm-hmm. road rage is going to get hella interesting. Well, not, not you. I'm talking about the police doing able to do that. No, what the, me? <laughs> you want to be able to stop the stop the cars through EMP. Obviously, then you would have to stop also, and then you'd. Get I'm gonna go kicked. around them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, if we were just able to operate, then we could get rid of all these um, yeah. right issues it, it, with transportation I'm and that frustration. It would just go away. Super terrified of beaming. <laughs> yeah, yes, transporter and doing it with operator. magic See, does not make me feel that, better. <laughs> that, that catches me on the transporter thing is like I know what type of science would have to go into that. You'd basically have to tear me apart atom yes. by atom and transfer me yeah. to Except another. And they so, wouldn't be so what it would atoms. be? Would I come back the same person? No, no, you wouldn't. And, and that's totally where you different. have to bring the philosophers back. Yes, into, exactly. You, you Ship of Theseus. Basically, you have you to kill me and then reassemble me. I would be Frankenstein's monster. Well, yes, you, you, you wouldn't. You would think you were the same. Like as would far I? as I'm not okay with this. What if? Well, you what if yeah. a few atoms were misplaced mm-hmm. and my brain chemistry is different now? Well, hopefully that. Well, that's the whole point. Is it's supposed to be the exact person? But yes, you're right. And actually, there was it's a next. Not, there was a yeah. next generation episode about mm-hmm. that where Thomas uh, Riker was left on the planet, and it was two exact people. One of them had beamed up to his ship, and one of them had stayed on that's, the planet. And that, that it is was a nightmare the, scenario. Yes, like yes. so. So we've just fundamentally changed and the law. What, it, I mean, what are the chances of being spliced yeah. in, in uh, a teleporter? Did, I mean, right. it happens when with you operate. Yeah, with all the just thousands, the fly. millions the fly. of times that it happens, yeah. there's bound to be problems. Sure. Something's going to happen. But then that's you, then why you we're going to we're gonna we test it on the power for humanity. If all the cells in your body turn over after however many years anyway, I yeah, mean, you, even here, yeah, you're still you're still oh. not the same person oh, so as when you were the born. the speed? The speed is your problem? If it all happens uh, at once, when, that's when it's a problem. When it's no longer an organic thing happening, that's where it's Right, I'm, I'm it's just like, thinking hmm. like if you, if you need a toaster and you go on Amazon.com and it gets beamed into your home. See, that's fine because that yeah. that's not a living that's thing. That's what I'm saying. That's that's what I would. Amazon is it actually the toaster things. that you ordered like this? Now, <laughs> now, now it's Theseus's toaster that we're talking about. <laughs> okay, um, that's gonna have to do it for our show because we're coming up on an hour and we're going on really, way too many tangents. Schrodinger's cat. On Becca, that anything else you wanted to, to mention about what's going on? Schrodinger's toaster. Uh, it's going to be a couple of really really fantastic evenings, and I hope whether you are in a 
extremely diehard Harry Potter or Star Wars fan or just someone who likes to come out and Sleep experiment with science and, and have yeah. a good time that you'll come join us. It, uh, we're going to have a blast and, and I know that you guys will too. And sciencemuseumok.org is yes, the, website. the website. You are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram all at Science Museum OK as well. Yes, yes right. we are. And, and um, we have Facebook events for uh, both of these overnights and some other great things that are going on at the museum. So if you are still kind of on the fence about it, just go check out those events and, and follow any updates on there and, and you can see what's going on. And Becca, do you do the Twitter thing at all? Uh, I, I don't really myself. Okay. I'm just making sure. Yeah. Safe bet. Yes. <laughs> Especially since everyone's talking about Twitter is going to go away. What? what? Oh, no. Vine, Vine's going away. Vine went away. Vine went away. Vine. No, no, that yes. I know. I know that. But is I'm Twitter saying. Is Twitter going to go away too? Well, they're saying it's not I being profitable. It. And so. Hopefully, hopefully not. But anyway, that's gonna do it for our show. That we'll talk about that later. Uh, My whole world will collapse. You guys. Oh, I know. I don't know what I would do without Twitter. Have to go back to Facebook. I'd have to go back to MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) Friendster. I'll pull up Friendster. Oh, God. <laughs> so that's going to do it for our show. You can find us on our new website, okiegeek.com, also on Twitter and Facebook at Podcast. We'd love to get a Gmail from you. We're at okiegeekpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And Joshua, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? Well, for as long as Twitter is still working, <laughs> the best place to find me is at Joshua Andrew on Twitter. Nikki. I'm at Retro Robinson on Twitter, and you can also find me on the Facebook page. That's right, and you can find me doing at God's KOSU work. Michael doing C. God's right. work. We love our Facebook page. Please go like <laughs> our Facebook page. We, we're, we're like we're like we're four, near four hundred. Are we near? We 400? just hit four hundred. Four hundred likes. I wasn't gonna Woo-hoo. say anything because I usually like to wait till we go. Let's see over. how quickly we can get to five hundred. Because you need people. like four hundred and ten, four hundred fifteen. Because because so, now like that we've said something, someone's yeah. gonna be like, not anymore. Three ninety nine. Um, also, uh, be sure and subscribe to this podcast, rate us, and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Becca Bornstein, I'm Michael Cross. I'm Nikki Robinson. And I'm Joshua Unruh. Reminding you to keep calm and geek on. <laughs>